God's Word comes to us tonight from Mark chapter 10. If you turn there in your Bibles, I'll be reading a small portion of this chapter, Mark 10, beginning at verse 13. Uh, for those of you who have been attending uh, regularly in the evenings, you know that I have been working through, and we've been working through together, some of the parables of Jesus. And Jesus' parables can be grouped uh, to a degree. And uh, so far, we have looked at parables that have explored the characteristics of those who would be members of the kingdom of heaven, those who would be disciples of Jesus Christ. Uh, we learned in the first sermon that uh, genuine kingdom discipleship results in the bearing of fruit in our lives. We give evidence, uh, like a healthy fig tree bears fruit. We give evidence of our commitment to Christ and His kingdom uh, in our lives, in our speech, in our conduct. In the second sermon, we learned that uh, that discipleship is not something that should last only for a season of life, uh, but it endures, it lasts. Uh, tonight, we are looking at sort of a non-parable. We're taking sort of a break from that series. What we have before us tonight is nevertheless sort of a, a visible parable, a, a visible object lesson in which Jesus illustrates uh, something of the characteristic of uh, a humble Christian disciple before the Lord. And he teaches us by taking small children to himself that if we would be members of the kingdom, we must change, and we must become like little children in our humility and in our faith. And so I'm, we're going to look tonight here at Mark 10, 13 through 16. Please follow along as I read God's holy word tonight. And they were bringing children to him, that's Jesus, that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Jesus says if we are to be a follower of his, if we are to be a member of the kingdom of heaven, we must change. We must become like little children in our faith, in our humility. And as I was working through this passage this week, I was reminded about how countercultural that idea is, not just in Jesus' day, but still today. Because the reality is that however much we love and we cherish the little children in our lives, most of us still regard them to be rather small and perhaps even some in our society would say they are insignificant. They are of small stature, and by what I mean by that is not that they are short compared to the rest of us, compared to the adults. What I mean is that we, when we encounter our children, we're very aware of their neediness, of how small they are, how dependent they are, often how incompetent they are. They need us for everything, don't they? 
when your little child or, or grandchild runs up to you uh, with a dirty shirt and a smeared face and sticky fingers, desperately trying to, to communicate in, in broken language uh, about some mischief they've gotten into, you stand and you watch them and you look at them and you're acutely aware how small and, and really insignificant in some ways they are, how needy they are, how much they depend upon you. So that in our society today, many regard little children to be very uh, little more than lowly misfits, less important than the average man or woman. And I hardly need to mention that our society uh, has so terribly discarded the unborn out of mere convenience. Children are not necessarily seen as very important. Well, in our passage tonight, there is recounted for us a rather tender moment in the earthly ministry of Jesus uh, where He takes small children and gathers them around Him, takes them onto His lap, prays for them, and blesses them. But before He performs this act of love and kindness, He must first change and transform the minds of some other little ones under His charge, and that is His adult disciples. Because the disciples, when the parents of these children brought their children to Jesus, they rebuked the parents. They told them to send their children away. See, they were of the opinion that Jesus was a much too important, much too big teacher to be bothered by these little children, to be concerned with sticky-fingered, snotty-nosed kids. But what we need to see tonight is that their attitude toward these little ones revealed that they did not understand something essentially important about the kingdom of heaven. They were not thinking clearly at that moment about how it is, after all, that anyone of any age comes to be a member of the kingdom of God. They had forgotten, as we often do as well, how to to bear the name and to uh, hold the covenant claim of God while living under His kingdom reign and rule in our lives. And so Jesus here tries to correct their thinking. He tries to refresh their adult memories, and He would have that uh, done for us tonight as well. And He teaches us that it's really only children that belong to the kingdom of heaven. We, Jesus says, must become like children in our humility, in our simple trust in Jesus Christ, not only for our salvation, but for the strength to develop childlike faith as His disciples. And so, we're going to look at a few things tonight, noting first of all that the the children here in Jesus' uh, text, in this text here, are models of kingdom humility for us. We notice, first of all, that that Jesus' disciples clearly did not understand the types of people that Jesus came to earth to save. Apparently, they had adopted the the, the cultural perspective of their day that taught that little children were of less importance than the adults were. In fact, there are even some some early Jewish writings that stress the the immaturity, the lowliness of children uh, in that culture. And so, the disciples, when these parents begin bringing their, their little runts to Jesus, 
Well, they, they get upset that, that Jesus would interrupt his important schedule, that he would interrupt his routine to show care to these individual little ones, the little people in society. Remember earlier in the narrative, they had become upset with Jesus for hanging out with sinners, for showing concern to the Canaanite woman. If we were to use a modern-day expression, the disciples thought that these little children should be seen and not heard. They should stay in their place. They were, in the disciples' mind, just an annoyance, a distraction uh, from Jesus' work, an annoying intrusion into the important kingdom labors of Jesus. The disciples were of the opinion that kingdom matters were far too important, far too lofty, to concern these little children. After all, they couldn't even really understand what Jesus was saying. But our Lord clearly does not share that cultural viewpoint in the least. And He stops His disciples' rebuke of the parents in their tracks. In fact, Mark's gospel here recounts that Jesus was indignant. He was angry with His disciples because of their actions, and and rather than shooing these children out of His presence, He rather calls them to Himself, and in a very loving and a very tender manner, He says this, let the children come. Don't you dare hinder them. Don't you dare keep them from coming, because to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is firm in His resolve to welcome these little ones into His presence, to lay His hands of blessing upon them, even to pray over them as their parents had requested of Him. And He shows in doing that that His disciples' priorities were very mistaken. They had already forgotten what Jesus had tried to teach them just a little bit earlier in this book about the importance of little children in the kingdom community. They had already forgotten what Jesus had already taught them about the the attitude that God requires of His people, of His followers. Look what we read in Mark 9, just a, a chapter earlier. In verse 33, we read, And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you discussing on the way? But his disciples kept silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them, and taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. You see, the disciples had been debating about a very immature question, who among them was the greatest? Who would have the seat of honor and priority uh, when Christ came uh, to His kingdom in glory? And Jesus answers their, their foolish debate by illustrating uh, the, the character of the kingdom. And he pulls a small child from the crowd, places the child before them, and essentially he says, I'm about to teach you a very important kingdom principle here. I know that as you look at this small child, you, not may, you may not regard it as very important. He's small. He's lowly. 
apparently insignificant. But I tell you, my disciples, that your lowliness, your humility needs to be like that of this little child if you are truly to be my followers. Unless you change, unless you become like this little one, I tell you, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, in this teaching, Jesus turns his disciples' thinking upside down and tells them it's not those who consider themselves to be great who will enter God's kingdom. Rather, it is whoever humbles himself who has an attitude of humility and neediness before God. These are the ones who will be great in the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus reminds His disciples about the kind of attitude they must have as His disciples. But Mark's gospel goes on and shows us something more about these little children. Now, to be sure, Jesus would have us see these children as an illustration or as as models of the kind of humility and dependence that we ought to have before the Lord, but they're more than models for us. When Jesus took these children to Himself to bless them, He also revealed something very important about the place and the priority of our children in the covenant Christian community. You see, in drawing these children to Himself in this this very loving and tender way, Jesus was taking delight in these children as the very subjects, the very members of His kingdom. And He urges us tonight to accept and to, to view our children not just as examples of humility, but as the true recipients of the salvation promises of God. And there's a number of clues here in Mark's gospel to help us see that, uh, that uh, our children have a special place in, in God's family, in God's kingdom. And we need to see that because um, it's, it's reality of that special place that they hold makes His example of children for us all the more meaningful. Look at me at a few clues here in Mark. First, notice that those who are bringing their children to Jesus appear to be doing so as an act of faith. They bring these children to Jesus, we read, that He might touch them, that He might lay His hands on them. I think it's important for us to realize that these these parents are not bringing their children to Jesus because they're superstitious. Oh, if only my child could just touch Jesus' garment. If they could just sit on his lap. Well, I know my child's going to grow up to be a great person. That's not the sense of the text here. That's not why these parents are bringing their children to Jesus. There's also no indication here that the parents are bringing their, their children to Jesus so that he might heal them from some sickness or disease. There's no indication of that. These parents are not looking to Jesus as some divine Santa Claus on whose lap their child can sit while they take snapshots for their photo album. That's not what's going on here. No, these children are brought to Jesus for the very purpose that they should receive a divine blessing from Jesus' hand. 
Mark, or Matthew and Luke's Gospels make this also clear, and you notice how the Lord responds to that request. He doesn't shoo them away. He doesn't rebuke the parents here. He doesn't say to the parents, what do you think you're doing? Your children can't even string together a sentence. I bet they can barely understand what I'm saying. I haven't heard them make a profession of faith. No, Jesus welcomes these children to Himself. He responds positively to their act of faith in bringing their children to Him, and He grants them a divine favor to these believers and to their children. He actually lays His hands on them as a gesture of authoritative blessing. You see, if Jesus only meant here to have these children as a mere example or illustration of the kind of of humility His disciples ought to have, then Jesus' laying of His hands on these children and blessing them in this way would have been deceptive. Then these children were not the true objects of Jesus' blessing. They only appeared to be. Jesus is not deceiving us here. He's not deceiving the parents. He's not deceiving the children or His disciples. Jesus here has made these children, children of apparent believers, those who express their faith in Jesus as the Son of God, the Savior who has finally come, He makes these children the special and the direct objects of His tender love and His blessing. It's really a beautiful gesture by our Lord. And so, as Jesus refers to these children as the heirs of the kingdom of heaven, He actually regards them to be members of His kingdom. You see, these weren't little heathens. These weren't little pagans running around. These little children were heirs to all the blessings of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus regards them as holy, as distinct as sacred seed. And immediately, we think of the the covenant promises made to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, uh, to all of the faithful saints of old, and certainly Jesus' audience watching Him that day, seeing uh, Him lay His hands on these children, hearing His word, to such belong the kingdom of heaven. Certainly, they would have known that Jesus was speaking about the promises of God regarding the kingdom of God that He had given to Abraham and all of His children by faith. And so you see, by blessing the children in this way, Jesus indicates that the promise of the forgiveness of sins through faith in Christ is given to believers and to their children and even to all who are far off, a promise that He will be their God and they will be His people. And in this way, we might say that this passage sheds some light on the practice of covenant infant baptism. Now, to be clear, this passage doesn't teach that doctrine. Obviously, this isn't a baptism here. There's no water. But still, it concerns, it relates to the issue of baptism because what's clearly in view here is the blessing of small children who in some way need to be carried by their parents to Jesus. And that blessing that's laid upon them is a blessing that's based upon the covenant promises of God concerning the kingdom of God. 
And so it's important for us, once again, to be reminded that we need to see our little children, we need to see our little ones as as God sees them. Examples of kingdom humility, yes, to be sure. But more than that, even as the special recipients of the salvation promises of God. That's who they are, and we ought to treat them as such. We ought to raise them. We ought to nurture them as such. Finally, we, we look at our covenant children as examples of how we, as adults, should live in faith and obedience to Jesus' kingdom rule as His followers, as His disciples. It's very likely, almost certain, that many, if not most, of these children were carried to Jesus in their parents' arms. In fact, Luke's gospel uses a particular word for child here. He uses the word brefe, which uh, is a word to describe a very small child, most likely an infant, certainly children small enough that they would need their parents' help to get to Jesus. These were the kind of children that were being brought to Jesus. These are the kind of children of whom Jesus said, to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And what I want you to notice tonight is how they came to Jesus, how they made their way to Him, and how they are a model for us on how we are to come to Jesus. They came in their parents' arms. They were carried to Him. They did not come in their own strength, in their own ability. Many of them were helpless. They were unknowing. They were needy. And we might ask, how then could the kingdom of heaven belong to such as these? Simply because God had drawn them. Simply because God had called them and brought them near. Simply because He had initiated His covenant with them, not the other way around. Jesus said to them, come here. Let them come. Don't hinder them. The kingdom belongs to them. They were carried. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, it's, it's precisely in these little children, these little infants' helplessness that we need to consider our own need for salvation. In our little children, we see a picture of ourselves We see a picture of ourselves, uh, for we are the weak and the humble recipients of the saving grace of God, all of us. Whether we were converted at a, a very young age or at a later stage in life, we can only, we must only confess that our salvation is only a result of the Lord first turning to us, first transforming our hearts, first drawing us to Himself. It wasn't by our own ability that we came to our Lord Jesus. We were as helpless as those small squirming babies in our arms as we present them to the Lord and to the minister for baptism. And we receive, just like our children, rather passively, in great need, we receive the salvation promises of our God. You see, we need to uh, come to understand our crucial need for salvation in Christ. We need to understand, if we're to properly cherish our Savior and our salvation, we need to understand how it is that we were saved. 
how it was that we came to be members of God's kingdom. Because the kingdom, Jesus says, belongs only to those who know in their heart of hearts that they have no right to, they have no claim upon Jesus' special attention and his saving love or his salvation. The kingdom of heaven belongs to those who realize their, their humble and needy state before God. So unless we see ourselves and truly regard ourselves as children utterly dependent upon the Lord for our salvation, then we do not truly see ourselves. Unless we see ourselves as little children, we cannot know what it is to be a disciple of Christ. And that's why Jesus says here, truly you must change. You must turn and you must become like little children if you are to enter the kingdom. Unless you acknowledge your helplessness and reject your adult pride and independence and see yourself as a needy child constantly in need of the care of God, you will always be an infant in the faith. I love a story about Martin Luther, the reformer, who was a father himself, a very good father. And at one point, he was dealing with one of his children's uh, misbehavior and antics, and he said in a, a somewhat joking way, he said, Christ says that we must become as little children to enter the kingdom of God. Dear God, this is too much. Have we got to become such idiots? And the obvious answer is no. We don't have to become such idiots. We already are such idiots. As adults, you and I may have graduated from the, the physical limitations of childhood, but guess what? You and I are still babes in the arms of God as far as entering the kingdom of heaven is concerned. Were it not for the grace of Christ to, to carry us to God, to, to enable us to make uh, small but real beginnings in obedience, that were not the case, we would all remain spiritual juveniles. We would remain helpless and pathetic and lost. Were it not for God first initiating His covenant with us and giving new life to our souls by His Holy Spirit, you and I would never have a chance of seeing the kingdom of heaven. And so, brothers and sisters, in your crucial need, remember that like a small child, God must first draw you to Himself. He must hold you in His arms. He must impart these wonderful saving benefits to you so that the love of God might be in your heart. Only then will you know the power of Christ to live as His disciple, to bear His name, the name of your Good Shepherd in this life. And so Jesus says we need to see ourselves as little children, even as we nurture the little ones that God has given to us, even as we tell them about the promises of God that He has made to them. Because you see, Jesus' message here is that our little children's need for the Holy Spirit is also our need. We, like them, need someone to carry us to Christ, who is the only true source of life and blessing. Our children's need for Jesus Christ as, as their representative, their advocate before the Father, that's also our need. 
and none will enter the kingdom of heaven unless they humble themselves and trust in Christ so that he would be their advocate, that he would pray on their behalf. Truly, Jesus says, unless we change and become like little children, we will never enter the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus also said this, let the little children come. For to such, and only to such, belongs the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we do admit that all too often we are offended by Your grace. We are offended in our adult pride at the way in which You draw us to Yourself. And yet to fully understand the gospel, to fully cherish Christ, we must confess, we must acknowledge that we are in and of ourselves utterly helpless. As far as entering the kingdom of heaven is concerned, we are mere babes. And yet that's exactly what we must be. We must have the humility and the faith and the trust and the obedience of a little child. Only then will we truly understand what it means to be your kingdom disciples. And so, Lord, we ask that you would humble us, that you would remind us and show us that you draw us to yourself before we could even lift a finger or take a step in your direction. And may we know that wonderful truth that your promises are for us and for our little ones and that they are by grace through faith alone. Help us, O Lord, to live the kind of lives that truly glorify and honor you. Prepare us to be children this week, O Lord. Amen.